our first ever guest on Pred's podcast is Michelle Fitzpatrick, aka Michelle Up the Lane. Michelle is not only a renowned social media influencer, but a working teacher to boot. She has more style in her little finger than most of us will ever have. Her social media following is growing daily and she has over 11,000 followers on Instagram. She joins us today to talk about things fashion and maybe a bit of GA on the side. Michelle, thanks for joining us. Can I begin by asking you why you decided to become a social media star? Hi girls, star, oh my goodness. Um, uh, it's great to talk to you this morning and thanks so much for thinking of me. Um, I don't think of myself as a social media star or anything, anything like it. I'm just a mammy um, and a teacher, like you said, um, who loves a bit of style and glamour. And um, I suppose during lockdown, it, all of this kind of took off and took on a, a life of its own. Um, I would have had a, uh, always been into style and into fashion, I suppose. The boys will tell you here and even my husband I would die for a bit of style and a bit of fashion. But then during lockdown, I suppose as a distraction um, for myself, and then it turned out to be a distraction for everybody else, I started posting um, outfits and things I was wearing, and it really took off. And um, it, it initially started, uh, we, were re we were renovating our house and doing up our house, and we, um, I started showing paint in the house and all the new furniture. And then and a friend of mine said, and I'd been going for runs with her, and she said, um, and she's a very big page on here, Michelle, would you just put up a bit of style, put up your style? And I one night, I can remember well, I put up myself, and it was an old picture in a, in a really glitzy dress standing in the hall, and it just went, went bananas, it just went crazy, and I said, oh my God. So from then on, and, and nobody was going anywhere, we were completely locked down. I started posting, I mean, I have quite a large wardrobe <laughs> and uh, I started posting my own bits and styling them and um, people started to love it and it just grew out of that. And uh, I think lockdown, people were on social media more, especially mammies, and we were all teaching from home and doing Zoom classes like this. And um, uh, so people were on social media and they were really interested and then it just took off when shops began to come on board and asked me to show some of their pieces because they were struggling, especially local shops. They were struggling because it, nobody could go into them. And um, it was a tough one. So they used to send me out pieces um, and I tried them on at home and, and people started to love it. And it just grew from there. And I'm forever grateful to those local shops and um, for supporting me and even trusting me to um, try on their pieces very early, early on and I was very small and it just grew bit by bit um, but I, I, I don't know if it wasn't for lockdown would you even be talking to me I, honestly I don't know if it wasn't for lockdown <laughs> right. um, so Michelle you better answer our next question of yeah. whoever think you would gain such a following on social media um, yeah. so no no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> when it got to 5k I said oh my god you know um, and I think was it during lockdown I got to 5k I can't remember and we said yeah yeah that's grand you know you just keep tipping away and tipping away but Instagram is a lovely community I know I know social media gets an awful lot of negative press um, but Instagram um, particularly other bloggers big and small um, are very supporting and uh, we give you a shout out and even give you advice and you can message other bloggers and um it just took off from there and other bloggers, I mean, there was a pinch me moment when Lisa Lust started to follow me, uh, Y Style started to follow me, Rebecca Rose, stylist, um, couldn't believe it. I just said, what's going on? Because I don't pretend to be anything I'm not. I, I You know, um, it's only the fashion side of, of my life, I suppose, I put on here, you know. Um, it's not everyday life. People aren't following me to wash the dishes and wash the floors and hoover the house um, or for meal ideas, even though I do get asked about them. But um, I'd say people are just following me for the style. So <clears throat> because I have four teenage boys in the house, I don't show everything. You couldn't. It's mental. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's, I suppose that's really um, answers your question, I think, about um, growing so quickly. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think to grow so quickly, girls, no. <laughs> Very good. 
Do you have um, a single favourite influencer you follow yourself that might inspire you and motivate you? Um, I probably don't have a single one. Lots of, I think people, this is the great thing about uh, social media. There's, there's a page for everything and a page for everyone. There's fashion pages, there's home pages, there's family, there's style. Um, there's makeup, there's everything. So um, Lisa Lust would be a firm favourite of everybody's and my style and Re Rebecca Rose stylist. I absolutely love her styling. She's um, very glamorous and I suppose I, I'd probably be considered more the glamorous end of it, um, um, even though I do dress down and, and that as well. But um, Rebecca Rose is a teacher also, so is Helen from Daily Diva Diary. And um, they inspired me, I suppose, because Helen is a mammy. Um, and she job shares like me and a teacher like me and has teenage kids as well, like me. And I just, well, you know, if um, if somebody like that can do it, well, then maybe I might manage it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a few. There's a few. But um, and they're all very supportive and lovely pages to follow as well. Yeah, and you're talking about support there, Michelle. Um, do you think it's important to support, support local businesses around you? Yeah, absolutely, girls. Um even before lockdown and before Instagram, I would have always shopped local and supported local businesses um, in Thurless and Nina. Um, I was always a great customer um, and still am of Hummingbird in Thurless. Edel's and Nina, Melissa Kay's shoes and Nina, and of course, Marion Murphy Cooney. Um, I was always a big supporter of them. And they and in turn, then they were very good to me during lockdown and during the whole Instagram um, so I do think it's really important to support local small businesses because the big companies will always be fine. The big ASOS and all these, these will all be fine. But the small businesses really suffered during lockdown and they had to move everything online. And they might have been, um, you know, computer savvy or internet savvy. So it, it's very important to support them now that they're back open and even coming up to Christmas because I suppose I'm a firm believer in quality over quantity. Um, and buying timeless pieces and rather than being rather than fast fashion um, I would really advocate buying timeless uh, not trend driven I'm not really always trend driven but I think quality over quantity so that's that's why it's so important to support local because um, they really need us they need the footfall they need um, they need other influencers and um, locals to support them because we can all go online and buy all that and um, but then they will date and they won't last. So I think uh, small businesses really suffer during lockdown and um, I think it's time to give them a handout now as well. Um, we heard you mention Marion Murphy Cooney there. What would have been your absolute favourite outfit from Marion? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, partial to a few pieces of Marion. I absolutely love her designs. Um, she's a local, very local talented. She's a Nina talented designer and um, hand makes everything in Nina. So everything's at a small scale, so you won't have too much of it. That's what I like. And there's bespoke pieces. And there was one dress, I think, um, a few years ago that she made for me on really short notice which was um, a beautiful blue full-length sequenced um, ball gown and it was for an event here local in the rag um, and she calls it her mermaid dress because it, it, the, blue, the blue material looks like a mermaid but anyway that was a few years ago and um, the versatility of the dress this will tell you I went back to her then and I got her to alter it and she turned it up for me so she made it into a midi dress for me so um, I wear it around Christmas so I pull that out and that will never date and I absolutely love it but I do love all her pieces but um, that's probably one of my favourites and stands out and I'll have that for years to come. They're investment pieces, they're timeless pieces um, and that's that's probably my favourite. It's hard to pick, it's like trying to pick a favourite child but that one stands out. <laughs> Um, Michelle, your style is very varied from casual sports gear to race day outfits. Um, what would you say your favourite is between the two? Um, oh God, that's a tough one, girls. Um, like every day around the house, I will be in the casual gear and the sports gear. And, um, and then I love to get dressed up for school, do dress up for school and the hair and the makeup but not like a night out, but I probably do love the full-on glam. <laughs> I love the Saturday night glam and um, 
getting dressed up in the tan and the makeup like yourselves um, I probably would say that and um, it but Instagram pushed me out of my comfort zone um, I probably would never have gone outside the door without a face of makeup on before and um, by doing um, uh, kind of face creams and promoting um, um, ASAP products for True Beauty and Nina um, I kind of had to step out of my comfort zone and come on here with no makeup on, which is very daunting, very daunting um, when you have um, a large audience. You know, it is, um, yeah, you'd be nervous. I, that took me a long time to come on and come to terms with and um, even talking about it and talking about your flaws. Um, but people love the honesty. I won't tell lies. You know, we all have hang-ups and I've spoken about them. And... Um, the salon that I go to, True Beauty, the girls, uh, Gillian there is an absolute professional and she um, works on my skin and gives me facials and things like that. But um, yeah, the full-on glam is probably the most comfortable zone to be in, but um, Instagram has pushed me to be less glamorous. <laughs> and Michelle, would you ever stop teaching and do full-time influencing on Instagram? Um, that's a tough question. I really don't think so. I job share at the moment. So this is my day off. This is my first day off. So if it wasn't for job sharing, I probably wouldn't be able to give as much time to Instagram, especially with four boys as it is. It's very, very busy. Um, I absolutely love school and love teaching. And I don't know if um, I don't know if I'd manage without it. I love getting up and getting out to the kids and out to school and the day flies. It makes your day fly. It's just, it's just, just one of my things, I suppose. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if it would be for me to do it full time. I just love the variety of the school day, and yeah, you come home to chaos and everything like that with four kids and dinners, and then trying to fit in a bit of um, Instagram. But that's reality. That's normal life, and that's what I am. And I don't pretend to be anything else. So um, for now, definitely not. But I do love job sharing and it gives me the extra time to spend um, creating content and things for Instagram. OK, so um, Michelle, did you always want to be a primary school teacher growing up? And um, what other choices did you have when you're deciding what job you wanted to go into? OK, um, well, I'm actually a secondary school teacher. Um, uh, to begin with, I trained in um, music and Irish as my degree. Um, I went to UCC, I absolutely loved it, and I was a secondary school teacher for years, and the last job I had was in the Ursuline next door to you, teaching music and Irish, and I really loved it, and I do miss it, I miss the level of Irish and the level of music um, at times, and music was always my big thing growing up, absolutely loved music, played for everything, and I still often do, um, so I played the violin and the piano, and I suppose I thought that's where I was going to go, and taught it for years, played it for years. And then when the kids were small, I had three small kids and I took time off teaching. And I started subbing. Back then you could sub. They were mad, but they still are mad for subs in primary schools. I, I subbed in primary schools and I absolutely loved it. And I went back and I trained after the third boy. I trained for a year and a half from a primary teacher. And um, love that ever since. Absolutely love it. I love the variety of the day and the variety of the subjects. And the small, I teach smallies, so I've senior infants and first class. Now I've taught all levels, but I absolutely love the primary school, the variety. And it's busy. It's a busy day. I mean, the day absolutely flies. You'd really want to love it. So, yeah, my first option was music. And I thought that's where I was going. And um, I suppose I still am, uh, like, like I, we sing and dance and play music and everything all, to, all the time in primary schools as well. But, um, yeah, that was my first love. And uh, here I am now, how many years later, uh, in, in primary school, trying on clothes. <laughs> Great. Do you have any advice for young people who are thinking of becoming influencers or want to grow a social platform similar to yours? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge influencer, so I don't... I'm, I'm not the best to give advice, but I would... Tell anybody, um, young or old, who wants to um, have anything to do with social media, don't take it too seriously. Um, as long as it's fun and you enjoy it. And that's how it all began with me. It's not a chore, a chore for me. I absolutely love dressing up and trying on clothes and showing everybody. Um, 
and just trying different pieces and mix and matching. So if it's something you love, you have to find your niche, no matter what it is, if it's style, if it's fashion, if it's makeup, whatever your niche is, find your niche and stick to it. And if it ever becomes hard work, well, then it's not right. It's not right for you. Um, but don't take it too seriously. Like social media shouldn't be the centre of your world. I would say that to anybody young, having been the mammy of um, teenagers um, who spend a lot of time on their phones, I would just say uh, it's not reality. It's a snippet of your life. It's a snippet of anybody's, any blogger's life. So don't take it too seriously. It's um, it's a great tool. It's a great medium. It's a great means to get businesses out there. It's a great means to make friends. But, um, you, you know, you have to have your own life, your own family and your own priorities as well. I would say that to anybody, don't get sucked into the whole thing of spending hours and hours on the phone. There's no need for it. Um, life goes on and that's the reality of life. Um, and I say that to the boys as well. And they say it to me. They say it to me. Um, I have an 18-year-old who says that to me. Um, you know, it's sometimes the internet isn't always a safe place. So um, we need to remember that. So I would, I would, it's very important to keep a healthy balance between social media and reality. It's not reality. It's a 10% a fraction of my life. It's a fraction of any other blogger, I'd say, would tell you that as well. It's, it's, it's not the be all and end all of everything. But if you have something you're passionate about, which I suppose I am, um, and then you want to show people, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, that's great, Michelle. Um, you mentioned your teenage sons and how busy it is and everything. But, um, <laughs> you don't mind the publicity of how many followers you have on Instagram and the fact that you have more followers than them. I don't think they even realise, girls. They don't know. Genuinely, they don't know. They see me taking photos. None of them follow me. Their friends follow me. Some of their girls' friends follow me. They don't follow me. They don't even realise. And they just, when they say, are you taking photos again? Are you taking chalk at your phone again? They just think it's hilarious. They just think I'm mad. <laughs> so, no, they don't even realise um, what's going on or how many followers if you ask them they would not know that's that's a certainty um, and they're not huge into social media themselves they're more into sport and um, GAA and that's great and um, I, don't, I don't think they even realise what's going on they say oh she's taking photos again so it's, it's just a running joke in the house and um, no so they don't and it's great that they're boys I suppose they stay out of everything they're not involved now Tig is the youngest boy he is 10 and like when I'm stuck which I often am he takes a few photos but um they don't realize the, other, the others they just don't know um what my page is about or what it's like they know I like to take photos and dressing up and talking to the camera but I, I'd say they just think I'm mad <laughs> like any other teenager yeah about your sons again um we hear that they're all avid GA fans and players and do you go to support them and have you a signature style when you're out supporting drum <laughs> <laughs> oh my god girls um yeah they are they are avid GAA players and um, listen we have great days on the pitch and, and sad days as well and there's probably more heartbreak after matches than there are there are more losses than there are wins um yeah I do support them all the time probably too much sometimes they'd say would you just stay at home so yeah I have an embarrassment to them um the mammy's on the pitch I'm just another mammy on the sideline ask any of them um and I'm in um the runners the trainers and the joggers and um buffy jackets because that's what that's what um, the weather is like here in the muck and the rain and it's not very glamorous now I don't know if the other mammies would agree and um, they'd be better to tell you but they just don't pay heed to me all the local mammies know what I'm like um with the style and the fashion I don't think they pay any heed to me but and, and neither do my sons so <laughs> a big GA house um girls so I spend most of my time washing jerseys it's not very glamorous at all yeah um that's great Michelle <laughs> And um, our last question would be, what have you learned most since you began blogging? Um, that's a great question. A great question. Um, what have I learned most? Um, I suppose the curiosity of people. People are so curious. Um, 
but people uh, that they want to know uh, things about your life you'll get messages all the time people are genuinely genuinely interested and are nice and remember things about you and come back to you the messages i get from people out there um uh, that i don't know from strangers just admiring your style or asking for style advice and people could be just stuck in a rut and they don't know where to start or if they have an occasion or a wedding um, or just people feeling down and out. Um, and I don't think COVID really helped anybody. I think um, COVID has been hard on everybody and um, style certainly got me through it. Style and fitness, I suppose, and sport got me through COVID. Um, but I suppose I learned, um, I grew in confidence um, since starting, uh, starting on Instagram. Uh, I suppose I grew, yeah, grew in confidence in myself and um, that people are genuinely nice and genuinely interested. And I suppose I was always nervous because you hear so much negativity about social media and I haven't encountered it. I haven't touched wood. Um, people have been so nice and so kind and so encouraging. Um, for someone my age, I mean, I'm a lot older than any, any of you, people would think I'm absolutely mad to start this at my age, but women of my age are just, we do love our style and our makeup and our hair, and we all have the same hang-ups, and we all have our own issues, and um, we all love to dress up then and have a night out, or like, or spend a bit of money on something nice, and invest in some nice pieces, and show them off. And we all are busy with um, family and everything, but then style is a great distraction for us all. So I just learned, I suppose, that I, we're not, I'm not the only mental, mad, busy mammy out there, and, and definitely not the only one who loves a bit of style. And I think um, I, I've learned the inherent goodness in people and kindness in people. Um, you'd actually be shocked, genuinely. Big bloggers, small bloggers, just followers, and the good wishes and the support and the kindness from people has been unbelievable. And it's, it would actually restore your faith in humankind. It really would. I'd say I've learned that much. That's brilliant, Michelle. You've taken up um, enough time for you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Perfect. Our second one today is Emma Harris. Emma is a past pupil of presentation, completing her leaving cert in 2021. Emma is a fashion and lifestyle blogger and already has over 3,000 followers on Instagram. I figure that is sure to go. She's a keen eye for all things fashion and beauty. She's a commercial model since 2019. She's a Be Bold cosmetic ambassador and a finalist in Miss Tipperary. Emma, welcome back. Um, when did you start to get interest in fashion and modeling and did anyone inspire you? I think definitely when I was in TY, I, I kind of spoke about this on my Instagram before, but definitely when I was in TY, um, I kind of started to find my feet a lot about myself and learn a lot about myself. So coming up through the years, I, I actually started modeling as a child, but I never, ever did it as something that I never, ever looked at it as something that I just would see myself doing like a job in. Um, so yeah, people used to say to me when I was a child, um, when I used to be doing fashion shows and stuff to go ahead and like do this properly. Um, but yeah, as I said, never thought I'd ever do it. Um, so yeah, I went into TY and I got to take part in Drunk Couture. Um, so we got to make up this dress anyway. We, our dress wasn't really successful. It ended up being a cardboard box. Um, but eventually um, we kind of, we got it together anyway. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely in, in TY, I started to realise, okay, this is actually what I want to do, fashion, modelling. Um, so yeah, that was great. And then fast forward into the next year. So I was in fifth year. Um, and the TYs below me, one of their dresses had gone through to Junk Shore. Um, so they were meant to be performing in UL, but they actually couldn't attend the team. So I was asked to model it two days before um, the, the, the stage was, was set to go. Um, so yeah, I got up on stage. I was so nervous getting, getting up on stage in the UL concert hall. Like, I really didn't want to do it. But once I got on stage and once the lights were on me, it, something just clicked in me. Um, and I was like, this, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I think that definitely jumped short was something that pushed me out of my comfort zone and really made me realise this is what I want to do. Modeling is what I want to do. Fashion is what I'm interested in. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's what really brought me here today, jump short. How did you get your first agency modeling or contract? 
how did I get it? So as I said, I modeled as a child. Um, so yeah, people used to tell me to do it. Um, and agents used to approach me and tell me, you know, would you come forward for, for like a meeting to, you know, talk about getting into an agency? And as I said, never. Like I just really wasn't sure of myself and I really didn't kind of believe in myself that I could actually do it. Um, so yeah, I then in kind of summer 2019, I kind of like hit a little part of my life where I was just really not happy myself um, and I struggled a little bit with my body image and wondering was I good enough so in my own head I was at like rock bottom <laughs> and I was I just thought like I may as well just do something now that's going to make me happy I'm just going to do something that everybody's going to think I'm mad but you know I can't can't get any worse <laughs> so that's when I was an agent reached out to me and said would you come up to Dublin we'll do an interview it's for asset model agency um so I thought about it and I said you know what may as well just do this now because as I said we just can't get any worse um so I went to that interview and that interview just changed everything for me um if I didn't go to that interview I don't know what I would be doing today I didn't know when I went to that interview that what was going to be ahead of me I didn't know all of these amazing opportunities were going to come out but so definitely goes to show I think if you are nervous and if you are nervous about doing something new or pushing yourself out your comfort zone you should always do it because I did that and I'm just a different person today. Um, did you ever want to do something different when you were younger like other than modeling and fashion? Other than modeling and fashion um yeah so for since I've been very very young um since about four or five I've always wanted to be in emergency services um and I suppose growing up I've watched my mom she is paramedic um so I've always kind of watched her and I've always kind of had her as an influence but when I was really young about four and five I really wanted to be um a firefighter I don't know where that really changed I think I got about six or seven I started realizing oh, I don't know now what I'd be that brave <laughs> Um, but it slowly changed into a guard and it's something that I still hope to pursue today. Um, but I suppose when I was younger, that's kind of always been since I was younger, always wanted to be involved in emergency services, always wanted to be helping people. And um, I think a lot of that comes from my mom from watching her um, do it every day. So that's definitely who inspired me to be like this. Um, who was your first sponsor for your catwalks or photo shoots? who was my first sponsor. So when I was in Miss Tipperary, um, I was thinking about Miss Tipperary for a while, actually. So back in 2018, it could have been, um, I was approached by the organiser of Miss Tipperary, who was a lovely lady, who I still speak to today. Um, so yeah, she approached me and we decided, I was actually too young that year. I think I was only 16. Um, you had to be a limit. I think you had to be 18 to do Mr. Burry. Um, so anyway, we spoke and we decided next year that I would go into it. I entered Mr. Burry in 2019. Um, I went in with the with a lady who is in charge of it. She's so nice and she encouraged me so much to do it. So I was a little bit apprehensive before I did it, just because I suppose I come from a small town and everything. So it's kind of scary um, to do something like that. But anyway, I got the courage to do it. And my sponsor was Matthew Stevens Jewelers in Limerick City. So I got to wear a gorgeous sash with their name across it. And yeah, so they sponsored me for my Miss Tipperary event. Um, tell me more about Miss Earth Island. What were the core aspects that attracted you to the competition? So Miss Earth Ireland came about um, in about April of this year. So April of 2021, I started seeing that it had been advertised. Um, and it was actually the organisers were people that I knew from Miss Ireland. Um, so they had come away from Miss Ireland and set up their own um, like pageant. So anyway, I had seen them advertising I kind of thought you know what I'm just I'll just apply for it after not after getting through into Miss Tipperary but not progressing to the next stage in Miss Ireland um I was kind of a little bit disheartened because as I said I was so young <laughs> like I was the youngest in Miss Ireland so it was a little bit disheartened I thought it's so hard to put yourself out there in these sort of competitions like so hard and I kind of thought when I didn't move forward in that I kind of lost a little bit of hope um so yeah, when I applied then into Miss Earth Ireland, I thought, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do it. I'll see if I get through because and so I kind of thought, you know what, I'll apply for this now. Um, I'm probably not going to get it because I didn't get through Mr. Murray, but I'll just give it a go anyway, just, just to see. Um, so I was invited for an interview with a judging panel there. And then I got into the final of Miss Earth Ireland, which was such a shock. But 
Yeah, so Miss Earth Ireland is basically a beauty pageant. It's like Miss Ireland, but it, it's more of environmental. So we got to take part in a number of different activities, one being Charity Week, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So Charity Week was when all of the finalists took part in a charity event, but like environmental was the theme of it. So I got to plan a charity event for my local community. It's in Cabo Wetlands. There's a family fun day. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just such a great experience. I loved every single minute of it, meeting all the girls. It was just so fun. I got to learn so much as well because going into it, I like, and I'm not ashamed of this, I didn't know that much about the environment. Like I knew the basic facts, but I remember going into it and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not like, how am I going to do this? I do not know probably as, as much as the rest of the girls. Um, but yeah, I went into it and I learned loads. And I think it was just such so, so, for such a good cause as well, like for the environment, um, which it was a difference, and yeah, it was a great experience. Um, tell me more about your fundraisers in Cabra Wetlands. So, for my Cabra Wetlands fundraiser, as I said, it was part of um, Charity Week in Miss Earth Ireland, so it was kind of my first event that I ever had to plan. And I remember when I came up to the event, when I came up with the idea, it was literally three weeks before it was happening. And like a couple of people were like, Emma, you're not going to be able to pull it off. Like you don't realize what's involved in planning an event. And I was saying, like, I remember my dad on the phone going, oh, that's a bit of a big, it's a bit of a big thing to plan. And I was like, no, I'll do it. It's fine. Oh my God, it was the most stressful time ever. Like there's so much goes into event planning that I just didn't even realize. Um, but yeah, so I had to do loads of planning. We made, especially with COVID as well, like even we did um cakes and teas and stuff after the teams had completed their walk let's say um just even like everything had to be individually wrapped like it was just 10 times so much work like even just because of covid um so yeah i raised over 400 euro for the cabo wetlands trust which is going straight back into my community which is something i was extremely proud of um like no matter how stressful it was or no matter how much work it was I still am so proud that I was able to say, you know, I, I did this and I benefited my I benefited my local community. And yeah, there was a great turnout as well. Like we had loads of teams um, on the day and they went around the walk and I had posters all around the walk with like different questions and stuff. And I actually got very competitive, like people, <laughs> there was like one point between the winning teams and everything. But yeah, as I said, it was a great experience. Um, and I learned loads from it. And, since doing that, I really realised event management and planning events is definitely something that I think I could see myself doing in the future. Um, since you were a COVID leave insert, do you think you'll have a devs this year? Do I think we'll have a devs? Well, I'm actually planning the devs oh. <laughs> um, as we speak. So, yeah, the devs is actually happening. I did get a phone call yesterday from our venue confirming that it's happening. So, thank God. It was, it was a rocky couple of weeks there with the restrictions might be continuing and stuff and they ended up being continued but um because our event is like a private event um we're going to be able to have a devs with no restrictions well like you know you'll wear your mask and you're going to the bathroom stuff but it's going to be normal enough devs so something i'm very proud of again um being able to say that i organized it and i'm pulling it together again it's very stressful it's definitely a way bigger event than the charity event like I know when I did the charity event and then someone had to organize devs and I thought, you know what, now I'll just take this on, like, you know, because I'm taking the year out as it is. So so I'm just going to take this on. Oh my God. <laughs> like I thought the charity event was stressful. This is definitely more stressful, but no, I can't wait. So we're about about six weeks away now and all the girls are getting their dresses. So it's it's so nice because so it's coming from a COVID leave insert, let's say. Um, because I know the year before they didn't get a devs, they didn't get a grad, they didn't get anything. So we're definitely counting ourselves very lucky that we get to get a devs eventually. <laughs> Something to look forward to again. Yeah. Um, what was it like being a COVID leave insert? Being a COVID leave insert, it was, it was challenging at times, definitely. I think when we went back to school um, in September of 2020, uh, it was so nervous. I remember going back in because I'd be quite someone that would be quite relaxed about most things, like the leaving cert as well. Like I would have been wanting to stress myself out too much now, but I remember going back in the first day in September in sixth year and I remember being so panicked, like cause there was suddenly so many of us in the one room. And I remember even saying to one of my teachers, well, she's really opened the door there. Like there's so many of us in here. Um, so I got on and I got on grand like I suppose September October November I was getting on grand 
then I suppose everything kind of changed and in December we were home again um for January February March I did enjoy the break when we came up to January I was like oh this is grand now you know like another two weeks off and it just kind of kept going and going and going and I kind of started to crack up a little bit when we when we were coming into the end of February I was like just get me back to school when I did go back to school in March I never took for granted again because I kind of realized I have a couple of more months left and this is it so I was so excited to get back and yeah I think yeah it was definitely sometimes it was challenging um you know like not really knowing what was happening especially with the leaving sir where are we going to do it where are we going to get predicted grades it was a little bit confusing at times and sometimes hard to stay focused um but yeah I think in the end you know I think we got the best of all worlds you know you either did your leaving search or you picked what solving subjects to do um and I was when when the results came out then at the start of September I was delighted you know I think I was just happy that it was done <laughs> um and happy that I could just put that behind me and stay moving forward um were you nervous to promote your modeling pictures uh sponsorships etc on your main Instagram like with your friends and everybody else in it was a small bit nervous I remember when I started it was back in when I was doing Mystic Ray in September um, of 2020 um, so that's how I kind of got into that's how I got into Instagram was when I did Mr. Bray I thought you know this is my chance now to just stand out and do something um, so I remember when I the first time I went on talking on my Instagram story oh my god I was talking so fast like I can't even understand myself watching back like and it's my own voice I can't understand what I'm saying and I remember sending so many videos into the girls group chat of me saying the exact same thing like I sent in about 10 different videos of the exact same thing and I was like lads which one and like sure it was just so silly like I was overthinking it so much because so I suppose as I said I'm from a small town um so like it's kind of hard to you know put yourself out there because somebody's always going to say something I think definitely when I started of course people talked because it was so weird <laughs> like so some young girl you know only in six years decides to just one day from a small town just go on to her and start talking you know it wouldn't be seen as like the norm in society and I think that's so sad you know because looking back I was so nervous about like what Mary and Johnny down the road were going to say about me but like looking back it's just definitely one of the best things I've done I'm so happy I've pushed myself and here I am today and I feel like I've gotten to a stage now where if someone says something to me now I, just, I don't even care but definitely back then I was really like even sharing that I was doing the modeling I was just like people are going to say that I'm not good enough people are going to say that you know oh look at your mom who she thinks she is but yeah I think definitely pushing yourself um will always pay off and it did pay off to me and just staying true to yourself and believing in yourself no matter how many odds are against you I think once you always stand by yourself and just do it it will always pay off so I, I encourage anybody to do it you know never ever be afraid of what someone's going to say you know just follow your dreams and you'll always be happy um, you really like your honesty on Instagram. Is it hard to be honest or do you think it's important for people to be honest online? It's definitely like I share a lot of honest things. You know, I share things that scare me. I share things that I probably don't really want to share. Like recently enough, um, I shared me not getting into um, an internship that I have dreamed of since, as I said, since I was four or five as the guards. Um, and all summer I was getting through the stage of this internship and I was getting so excited because the CEO wasn't really for me <laughs> like there was massive emphasis I think on the CEO in school and it, that was definitely hard on me like going through school and all my friends being so excited about college and CEO and I was so excited for them but knowing that it wasn't for me was scary so when I found this internship it was kind of like okay this is for me like it was really kind of what I was banking on um, so I was getting so excited and I remember when I opened up that email to say that I didn't get it like I recorded it because I was like no matter what happens here I, I had shared all along I hadn't shared it was for the guards but I had shared all along coming up you know okay I'm getting through this internship I'm so excited you know and I think a week or two before I was sharing that I was starting to get a little bit nervous and I didn't know was it going to go my way because at this stage all my friends had accepted their CEO offers and they're all on the way to college and I still didn't know what I was doing um, and I was a bit apprehensive to share that video of me not getting it because first of all I failed obviously <laughs> like I got rejected and it's not easy it's definitely not easy but I like still back for a second I thought do you know what? I'm not the only one there are hundreds if not a couple of thousand people around the country right now that are feeling the exact same that are feeling disheartened devastated 
they haven't got what they want. And I think it was important for me to show, and especially like, like yourselves, like you're and in the next two years, you're going to go through the CEO and go through your results. And I think, you know, unfortunately, not everybody's going to get what they want. So it was important for me to share that it's okay. It's okay to fall. It's okay to be rejected. It's okay as long as you don't give up. Um, and I think that was so important for me to reinforce into my followers was, was, you know, as long as you don't give up, it's okay. It's okay if you fail twice. It's okay if I fail the next time. It's okay if I don't get into the guys until 2025, as long as I don't give up. Um, so yeah, it is hard. It is hard sometimes, to be honest. And as I said, it does scare me, but I always stand back and remember this might help one person or this might help two people, you know, just might make someone feel a little bit more normal. Um, and I think that's something that I've always wanted to do because growing up, I never really followed somebody on Instagram that made me feel normal. Or, you know, I kind of always just watched somebody's best bits on Instagram or like some influencer clients should just share the, the great things, but not many people will share the disheartening things or when they're sad or when they're upset. So I think it was, it was, it was just important to kind of be who I needed when I was younger. That's what I've always wanted to do on Instagram. I've just wanted to be someone who I wish I had when I was younger. So yeah, that definitely makes it, knowing that I am doing that for other people, definitely makes it a little bit easier. Um, who influences online? Who helps you to produce the content you produce? So for a lot, for when I just started Instagram, my two sisters, oh my God, I'd say they hated me. I was pulling and dragging them everywhere to go take photos of me for like my fashion content and stuff like, um, my sister's old, she's actually in sixth year now. Um, but she her heart was broken she has to take photos of me everywhere she used to be giving out to me all the time like but every nose will be like you have to stay until I get the right photo we'll be there for like half an hour and she she'd be getting so angry at me um but now I'm actually sitting in front of my ring right now um so I've learned kind of like I have like new technology where I can just the phone but I'll like glue to it and the phone will just take a photo for me um so my sister is used to but now I more or less mostly do it by myself obviously sometimes my sisters help me or as my mom or somebody um but yeah most of the time now I can just record myself I've had to adapt because <laughs> I couldn't keep an eye on them all the time to take photos of me but who inspires me on social media um Suzanne Jackson is definitely such a big um inspiration of mine so she owns so Sue by SJ and also she Tan. she I feel like she resonates with me a lot because she was like me in school the Irish system didn't really, the Irish schooling system didn't really, you know, she wasn't, basically, Suzanne, she openly, she openly admits it all the time. She just scrapped her even search, scrapped it, like, and started from the bottom. And look who she is now, you know, she's one of the biggest Irish stars, you know, and I think I look up to her a lot and I just hopefully one day hope to be half the woman she is, you know, because it's kind of hard when you're going through school and you see everybody succeeding and like, of course I succeeded too you know and I like I love school I had the best crack in school I so jealous of me being back there I just want to go back for one day but I suppose academic wise I just I think so you know some people really go for it and I think I was probably a little bit too relaxed <laughs> um but no like she she just I think she shows me a lot that you know you don't have to get 625 points to succeed you know as long as you believe in yourself and always stay true to yourself you know you, you can do anything what's next for you next year I suppose I just want to be happy you know and I think when people ask you where do you see yourself in five years I always just say happy um so as long as I'm happy I'm fine but I suppose career-wise I would love to continue in the fashion and modeling industry um as I said I really really look up to Suzanne Jackson I think one day to think that I might be able to have my own brand or even have my own time brand I'm obsessed with tan so to think one day that I might have that is, is obviously great too, but obviously happy is the main thing, but I don't know why I'd like to be on TV. I used to say there was a teacher that in when I was in school, um, you'll probably even remember me saying this. I always used to say, I'm going to be on Love Island <laughs> and I'm going to do TV and I'm going to do that. So I think, yeah, definitely in a couple of years, um, I'd love to be on some stage or some TV screen somewhere, but I suppose we're just going to have to wait and see. Give who knows maybe I might give Mr Bernard a try maybe in a couple of years maybe not this year I think I've like all pageant out now in the last two years but yeah, maybe in a couple of years um might be on Rose Shea we'll see I'll see if Dario Shea will take me um, <laughs>
No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Emma. So our next guest on Prez Podcast is model and social media influencer Susan Power Flanagan. Susan is originally from Kilkenny, but now living in Tipperary. She has eight and a half thousand followers on Instagram and has worked with many big brands and agencies here in Ireland. Um, but there is way more to this lady than that. She's a master of many talents, um, some of which she might talk a little bit about today. Susan, thanks a million for taking time out of your very busy schedule to um, join us here today. Uh, thanks very much. And I, I was delighted to be asked on. Perfect. Um, I'm going to begin by asking you what inspired you to set up your Instagram page? And maybe for anyone out there who doesn't follow you, uh, you might explain to our listeners what kind of sort of content you share. Sure. Um, so I suppose I work um, as a fashion model part-time and I've done that since I was like 15 or 16 and the two really go hand in hand. So um, when I'm on jobs um, and I'm working with brands or clients, the first thing that they'll ask me is for my Instagram handle. I suppose it's just the way of the way of the world now I suppose and um, so it would be difficult for me to do the work that I do in media and fashion without an Instagram and um, so that would be the primary reason as to why I set it up um, I suppose about four or five years ago now um, and what I share is primarily just fashion um, and brands that I work with and jobs that I do and then I show tiny little glimpses into my life day to day and um, just you know very simple things I could be at a GA match or out for a coffee or just little things like that. Perfect and um, what would you consider is your target um, audience on your Instagram page? Well it's not that like I don't target anyone specifically but I know from my stats that my audience are my age so um, I think it's like the 30 to 35 band would be my my main following and um, which you know is is not surprising because that's my age so I suppose that's what you would typically see is that your audience would be similar to yourself um, and so when you go into your insights you can see that um, and again it would be people you know of the same gender and the same age and um, so that's kind of typically what what I would see but it's kind of really whoever follows me follows me it's very like organic and I've never kind of gone after followers or anything like that um, and I think for that reason I've actually always had quite a positive experience online so I've never experienced any you know any kind of bad side to it because I think it's been very organic um, and they've just kind of come along um, since I've set up the account. Okay, because that's actually kind of interesting. That was one of the questions we had later on was, had you had any negative experiences online? But you obviously haven't, which is, is really, really good. Because a lot of um, social media influencers do talk about the, the negative side. And are you prepared for that if it did ever happen? Or is it something that would really turn you off social media? <laughs> I think like at my age, so I'm 35 now, I think, I, well, I would like to think that at my age, I, I don't think it would bother me now. At the same time, thankfully, I've never experienced that, um, you know, but it's it, it's not something that, that I would like or that, you know, um, but having said that, I think it comes, especially with, I know, you know, some of my colleagues who have a much bigger following, um, you know, it, it comes often and it's it's not a nice experience. So um, having said that, I, I wouldn't like to be 16-year-old me modeling and getting you know, any kind of negativity I would worry about. It just wasn't obviously a thing back then when I started out at 16. So yeah, while I feel like I would be kind of okay to handle it now, I definitely wouldn't like to be in a position where I was receiving negative messages um, as younger me for sure. And I am very conscious of, you know, of young people online and that they are protected and that the protections are there, you know, and, and obviously there's an awful lot more work to do um, to protect our young people online from you know, negativity and bullying or trolling or things like that online, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to your page a little bit then. You obviously have a lot of fashion on your page. Um, do you believe that it's important to support local businesses and what local businesses have you worked with or do you share um, items from? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I suppose um, I'm involved in lots of different things um, and I have had my own business locally for many years. So I'm always very conscious of supporting local and it's not even just fashion. So um, for example, like I had my hair blow dry this morning. So like I will mention the salon because um, like Mary Quinlan here, they're an amazing salon. And so you know, I can see then on my story stats that that's gone out to maybe 4,000 people and that's my way of supporting local. And in the same way, if I was in Cashel having a coffee, I'll just pop that up. Um, and sometimes people might say, gee, Chris, she's only having a coffee. Why would she post that online? But it's actually my way of just giving a shout out to people um, who, you know, who I think provide a, a really great service. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. Um... You also promote Irish brands like uh, Neve O'Neill and Heidi Higgins. Are these collab projects or are these just designers or people that you love and you just love to share? Well, both. So for um, I was the face um, of Heidi's collection in spring, summer and autumn, winter of this year. But then after the shoot, I actually ordered some of the of the collection. So I suppose that's one of the downsides of the work that I do. You get to see everything before it's even released. And oftentimes like you could like lose <laughs> half of your paycheck in like buying things and um, before the job is even over, but it's great as well. Um, and uh, Neve is a designer that I've loved. I've loved her for years um, and she always has great pieces, but I suppose there again, I'm very conscious of um, supporting Irish and females in business and also um, I know that Neve's uh, collection is it's sustainable and she uses like Irish fabrics like Irish linen and um, so it's very much an eco brand and a sustainable brand and I suppose the concept behind it is that it's like it's forever so they're forever pieces and that they're not throwaway so um, as well as the styles being really beautiful you know you're supporting Irish business and a sustainable brand so that would be kind of my um you know, my reason for supporting a great designer like that. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, do you want to tell us, I know that um, modeling and, and the world of fashion is not the only career that you would have had. Um, do you want to tell us anything about any of the other careers or jobs that you've had? Sure. Well, there's there's so many. So I started, my first job was picking potatoes when I was 12 for a farmer across the road from me in Kilkenny and I think we were given 50p um, a sack back then so I suppose I've always been I've always been I wanted to be in the workforce from a very young age um, but I would have studied secondary school teaching in college um, and that would have been my first my first job after college and um, I as you know I, I taught in the presentation um, secondary school in Thurlis and I loved my time there um, for a couple of years as well as other secondary schools um, but after that after one of my first child was born I went back to college and I um, did a postgraduate degree in early years education and from there I set up my own preschool and um, that's something that I was very proud of and we were awarded a an excellence uh, certificate from the Department of Education and Skills at the time and I ran that for five years um, and that's still in the community today and um, now it's not something that I'm involved in anymore so I suppose that's the nature of my personality I suppose like I feel like I established that um, I built it up and it's uh, it's it's running really really well and I suppose now I feel like it's my time to to start another project in business and that's Kind of what I'm involved in behind the scenes now so um, I, I'm, I, you'll find that I'm always involved in some kind of projects and I like diversity in my life so I like you know I had a, a casting in Dublin on Wednesday but then I could be in business meetings the next day so I like that um, variety and I, I, I always have done in my life. What's coming in the near future for you Susan? Um, so in the near future, I have um, a lot of casting. So um, with COVID, everything really stopped like in my industry. So we would have done a lot of like print media and live TV and fashion shows. And so for about 18 months, really everything stopped. Now, during that time, I would have done um, 
collaborations with brands like Elvery's and things like that, but it would have been in my home. So I would have had to produce the content or photograph things myself. So it's great that things now are starting to come back. So um, we are seeing that we're being booked again for TV and castings and online campaigns and that kind of thing but they're in studio where they hadn't been for I suppose almost two years um, so and like I said then I'm involved with uh, research at the moment so uh, like research and um, development and things like that then with other business projects behind the scenes but as I've said that's kind of been part of my life really um, since I left college so I, I am quite entrepreneurial as well and I would always be thinking of the next the next projects or the next challenge so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Do you have a long-term goal or is it are you happy to go from project to project as your I suppose as your passion ignites you in a sense? Yeah I suppose typically I work um, every five years that's kind of how I plan things out and um, so yeah I would like to be um, I suppose in, in another five years time like the business that I'm like investigating at the moment and um, I would like to be kind of well established in that um, and also to have my you know my work in the media still kind of uh, working alongside that because it is something that I really enjoy and I've actually built up a lot of friendships and um, you know a lot of really great connections in the industry so it's, it's something that I would like to see um, continuing I suppose when I started modeling at 16 like we would have been told that like the cutoff was kind of 21 and so that's what I just accepted at the time that's what we were told and I went with it um, but I suppose the world has completely changed so like we're seeing people now like well into their 60s and I actually have a very good friend who is in her 60s and she is as busy as anyone so um, you know brands now are looking I suppose to share like you know all all types of um, all types of models and all ages and all sizes and things like that so yeah it's, the industry has completely changed to when I when I first started and for the better I believe. Good. Um, what have been I suppose the highs and lows or maybe even just one high and one low of your entire career all of them put together maybe even? Yeah um, I suppose one of the highs would have been um, being asked to be um, a brand ambassador with Intersport Elveries um, because it's it's a brand that, that I love. Um, I have purchased from them for years um, since I was a teenager and um, I love fitness and that so I suppose that was something that I was very proud of and it's, it's a national brand as well and it's Irish and um, so that was um, you know I really enjoyed working with them um, and I suppose to say as well that I, when I was um, booked with Andrea Roche agency I suppose that like a lot of opportunities came from that because that would be one of the top agencies in Ireland um, and then a low, um, I suppose a low was probably when I came out of college. So I came out of college in 2008 and it was in the middle of a recession and I found it really difficult to get a job. So um, I did really well in college and, you know, and I was really hopeful coming out and, um, but I suppose I, I found it really difficult to get a job and then anything that I did find, you know, it was, it was far away and the hours were very small and, and it was kind of, it wasn't regular. Um, and I suppose for that reason, that would have been why I went on to do, I stayed in education, but I went on to do the postgrad, which allowed me to set up my own business. It was still in education, but it just provided more stability. So yeah, I do remember feeling very kind of lost at the time because I couldn't really get anything like permanent or full hours or anything like that. But, um, but I think like everything in life, if you kind of, if you look at it, there, there's always some way around it, um, you know, and that, that's what I've always found. So whenever you think that you're stuck or it seems like, you know, because at the time I, I thought like I can't find any full-time hours or a job nearby or anything that's kind of stable or permanent um there's there's always a, a way around things so good and my, my um last question for you here today was you've kind of touched on it there a, a second ago have you any advice for our listeners um particularly I suppose our young listeners maybe our, our listeners that are looking up to you and going god that's something I'd like to do I'd like to be a model I'd like to get into having an Instagram page and sharing fashion, have you any advice for them? Yeah, so like my advice would be like 
if I had any advice, it would be to take everything with, with a pinch of salt. So typically I find most people just share like the very best part of their day. So if you look on my stories, um, they might be only like one or two minutes um, in a 24 hour period. And they are like the best part of the day typically. And that's great because I'm positive and, and I like to show things that I enjoy, but just to be very mindful of that, that people you, you, you're not seeing, you know, when someone's having a bad day or when somebody is upset or, you know, so it's, so for me, I love it from like a creative and aesthetic point of view. And I love fashion, but just to be very much aware that we can see these things and think that everyone is like you know has the perfect life or that things are going so well for everybody else and not for us but oftentimes like that's not the case at all so just to be aware that it is it is very much a highlight reel and I know people say that all the time but um you know just to kind of be mindful of that but at the same time I would say that if you were interested in getting into it um definitely to do it at the same time because um like it's led to so many opportunities for me and still like they're still coming in and really big opportunities um at a national level so um yeah and things that I like with brands that I'm very very proud to be involved in and you know tv and things like that and so it, it's led to huge opportunities for me that I wouldn't have been able to um you know I definitely wouldn't have those experiences without having the platform on social media so I definitely recommend it but I would say that would be my advice to definitely take it with a pinch of salt because you really are not seeing people's bad days or you know their you know um their disappointments and things that they're upset about you really are just seeing the very best parts and I think that can be difficult if you're seeing all of these people um story after story after story and it's all the good things and if you're going through a tough time that can be challenging so it's just to remember that it's you know it is real but it's it might be just one percent of somebody's day yeah perfect thanks a million susan thanks for taking the time out to to join us and um, we really appreciate it it was great chatting to you